Hi, this is the Mentoring Lab Podcast, where we create a work BFF mentoring movement, one episode at a time. Here are your hosts, Sarah and Kelly. Welcome to the Mentoring Lab Podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Kelly. All right. So Mentoring Lab Tribe, we have two very special guests with us this week. Claire Meany and Regina Miller. They are both consultants and executive coaches, and they are co-owners of Culturific. I've had the pleasure of knowing and working with both Claire and Regina off and on over the last 10 years through various leadership, coaching, mentoring initiatives. And I can say without a doubt, it has always been a pleasure um, working with them. I've always learned something new every time I've been in a workshop or seminar or just having a one-on conversation. So ladies, thank you so much. I'm so happy that you were able to take time off your schedule and be with us today and talk a little bit about our inner critic. But before we get to that, if you could please introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about yourselves and Culturific. Great. Thanks, Sarah. Hey, Kelly. Hi, Claire. <laughs> Hi, Regina. Um, hey, Hi, Regina. Just get, we're just getting all our voices in the, in the podcast here. Our company is Culturific. Uh, we came up with this um, combined effort. Claire and I wanted to take the best of the work that we've done together over the last 30 years we've been working together and we've learned a lot. We've built great companies with great leaders and great, therefore we had great cultures. So we wanted to take the best of all of that and begin to share those learnings and insights and practices with all of the leaders that we work with. And um, it's just been a dynamite. We're starting blogs. We're starting our writing. We even probably have a book in us at some point down the road. Thanks for asking. Claire, what would you, what do you want to add? Yeah, great. Thanks, Regina. I'm going back to the origins of the culturific, uh, you know, of just that name that we came up with. And it's just about a year ago. And we really were expanding on the culturific, the CR. And you can check us out at culturific.com to see our logo. And I have that logo in my kitchen just so I can look at it every day and stay really centered on what we are all about. Uh, So I love it. Um, We're about fun, being human, being inclusive. And those were all the visions I had for my career and my work. I wanted to work with fun people on exciting missions, uh, who people who did really, really good work. Uh, so we have a little tagline around, you know, impact for good. And I really, really like that. So uh, plus the initials, right? It took us almost eight months. I looked at the initials one day and I said, culturific. First of all, I said, COVID recovery. We were all in that. And then also I said, Claire and Regina. And we really didn't plan it that way. But I'll tell you, every day I look at that and I say, wow, there was something in that culturific that really speaks to me. So again, I'm glad to be here uh, because I think we'll share some of the things as we talk about our topic um, today. So I think it's been in the last month or two. I actually was in a workshop with you guys that both of you were um, facilitating. And I think it was the first time I heard this story in like 10 years of working with you. Um through your consulting business. And it was the origin of how you guys actually met 30 years ago. Now, I know I'm going to spring this on you, but I thought that was really fascinating where I think it was Claire had came to a company and then you were introduced by 
a male colleague that introduced you and was like, oh, you really need to meet um, Regina. I'm sorry. I just had a mental blank out moment for a second. But yeah, Claire introduced to Regina. And that's how you guys actually met and, and then started working together. Could you share that um, for our listeners, that story? Yeah, well, great. Claire, yeah. Uh, oh, just, yeah, I didn't know which one of us wanted to share it, but it was... It was the story of Claire and Regina coming together. And it yes. was also a mentoring yes. story, if you remember, or a networking story is what it was, um, that I was working um, with somebody uh, that knew somebody who worked at the company that Regina worked at. And the, I held the position that this person wanted to have in tra- tape training and development. So she wanted to do an informational interview with me. So at the end of the informational interview, as we always say, when you're networking, think about what you want to give back. Um, this woman said to me, hey, um, I don't know if you're thinking about changing jobs, but the company I work for, which was the company Regina worked for, has this open position in training and development. And that's where the story began because I was ready to leave my organization and it was an upgrade for me. And I went and interviewed with Regina. (laughs) So then Regina became my manager, my mentor, my manager, my coach, whatever you want to call it. Now, Regina will joke about that and she'll say after about two weeks, it was really clear who was the boss and that was me (laughs) because I'm kind of bossy that way. But um but we had we had such a great partnership. So what would you add to that, Regina? Yeah, I'll I'll just add um it, we did one of those interviews, a spot-on interview where Claire was facilitating, jumped right in and facilitated a workshop for us. And the minute I saw her, I said, "She's it. She's the one." And uh, and we worked together. Then that's what started the partnership. And and the really cool thing about it, and I want to say this is, we grew together in our learning, and we were able to build our professional practice by what we learned from one another and how we built our programs and how we got certified to do things and how we continue in our in our careers today to enhance and build and bring our capabilities to the next level. Always learning, always trying, always um, looking for the next thing. And that's what that's what we're trying to do with Culturific too, to stay current, to stay relevant. How do we begin to do all of that? And it started way back when. I just, I, I just really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was, it, it was, we were talking about mentoring and networking in that workshop. And I just loved, I hear, I love to hear the origin stories when you kind of see like the beginning of how two people came together and especially developed this, you know, strong working relationship that is still going strong, you know, 20, 30 years later. And now you guys have a company together. I mean, who would have thought, you know, if I would have asked Clara, Regina, you're, thir- you know, 30 years ago, oh, where do you guys see yourself if, if you would, you know, be here together. So I think that's really cool. So we're here today on the podcast to talk about, um, I think, something that most of us women can definitely identify with. It's our inner critic, the little voice inside. And um, it's really funny. Right before we got on with you guys, Kelly and I were talking about it and she was sharing some stuff with me that she had just recently came across. And she was saying how she read some place that we should name our inner critic. And I was like, ooh, 
And immediately she already had a name. I don't know, Kelly, I'm putting you on a spot if you want to share that. I thought it was pretty funny, but. Yeah, it was when I was reading it, what came to mind was name your critic. It was like, all right, I hear you. I hear you, Linda. I hear you, Linda, but I'm not listening to you. Yeah. (laughs) You hear me? (laughs) I hear you, but I'm not listening. So my inner critic, I would call her Linda because it just seems to flow so nicely. Yeah. So we all have the inner critic. I tell her, I'm like, yeah, I have like this gremlin inside and it comes out at different times, whether it's self self doubt or when I'm trying on a pair of pants that I have, I can't fit into anymore than the the bad gremlin side comes out and really starts talking shit to me. But, and then I just like have to like push through it. So um, mm-hmm. what exactly is our inner critic other than it is that voice inside that is usually uh, for the most part, kind of negative, I guess you would say. Yeah, great. So we'll say a couple things about that. And I think you're spot on, right? And some of the things that you have already, you've both already said, because that inner critic is that voice inside of our heads. Uh, It's constantly like criticizing, belittling, judging, um, so I, and I've heard, I've heard the voice called many things, right? Cause people do say that label the voice, name the voice, right? So some people just call it the judge. That's my judge. That's my saboteur. You know, it's something that sabotages me. Uh, that's the, su- it is also the kind of the element of the super ego, right? Which mm-hmm. is like that moral, like some, somehow there's somewhere along the line. You, it was, it was very much associated with safety and right and wrong. And then it just got taken to like a whole nother level. So I would say, um, you know, some people just refer to it as that's my negative self-talk. That's mm-hmm. just, it's just all that negative self-talk. Um, I think for me, I've always said I've got to make some kind of distinction between inner critic and critical mm-hmm. thinking um, so that I'm really able to be like, all right, I got to do some things with my inner critic. But I don't want to be just like, you know, sort of throwing caution to the wind on everything. So what's that real distinction between that voice and then places where you go where, oh, okay, yeah, I know I do need to think critically about something, but I don't need to be paying attention to that, that voice. So um, Sarah, you, you know, you were saying like, it's, it's, it's one of those things that just keeps coming up, right? It's negative, it's Mm -hmm. repetitive, uh, it's ruminating in nature. It's kind of like it just keeps coming back. It's it's going over and over in our heads. Um, it's usually not nice, right? I don't know if other people think they have a nice. It's usually pretty harsh, um, relentless, right? So that's why it becomes a little bit more of a destructive mm-hmm. force. Um, that we, I think we pair the inner critic with not like, oh, it's, you know, it's like the happy <laughs> voice. Um, it's pretty relentless. So what else, Regina, what would you add to that? Well, and it's loud. I mean, Sarah, you used the word little. And, and, and for me, sometimes it is little. Mm-hmm. It depends on the situation. And sometimes it can be really loud. And it comes from the, the way we were criticized as kids, you know, it goes back to the way we grew up and the people in our lives. Sometimes we say, whose voice is that really? Hmm. The critical voice in our heads. Um, But it is a subpersonality and it can be helpful. And we used, we used it probably growing up also to, to, 
to stay safe. So it's a, um, sometimes we try to disown that part of ourselves. And, and in the work that we do, we want to be able to let's uh, get to know that part of ourselves. Let's get to develop that part of ourselves because there's a lot of rich information in there. That inner critic has a lot of information for us. Uh, and, and when we get to know that part of us, we can increase our awareness. So that's what we're always trying to do. As you know, in leadership development, executive coaching, we're always trying to expand consciousness. And if we keep swatting it away, trying to harness it, trying to manage it, control it, shut it up, turn it off, then we don't really get to know it. And I'm so appreciative that, Kelly, you talked about um, Linda, because what do we really know? And this is the question, you know, this is a question. What do we really know about our inner critics? And how do we get to know them? Yeah, great. That might be a question. How do you, you know, what do you know about Linda? I don't know much about Linda. <laughs> I would, because when Sarah and I were talking about this before um, we all got on the call, I was trying to think of um, instances where I had this inner critic and we were giving examples. And um, I was like, well, what, what, I mean, you know, I'm a very optimistic person and very positive and I don't think there's anything I can't do. So I think that everyone has a little inner critic, but when does she show up and how, yeah. right? And, and that's what I was trying to think of is when, when do I think that I may have that little bit of inner critic popping in because I mean, I'll be like, Oh, triathlon. I can do that. You know, if my brain thinks I can do it, then I think I can, you know, I don't have that critic saying, Oh, you can't do that. You're too slow. You're, you know, you're not a swimmer. You know, you can't do that. So it's not something that I think I experience very often, but I do know it's there. So I was trying to think of when that inner critic comes in for me is probably when I am getting feedback. And expanding the feedback, taking it to um, instead of me th saying you're terrible or you're not good or you're not smart enough or you're not capable. It's they think I'm not smart enough. They think I'm not capable. They think I can't do it. But then that just lights my Linda on fire. I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to show them because I can do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> so I use I use it as a motivator. Um, but I think that's when it mostly comes in. I look at things as a challenge instead of um, letting it bring me down. It, it, it comes to me that way. Mm -hmm. So what would you, how would someone challenge leading right into this? How would someone challenge it or counter that inner critic that is telling them you're not smart enough. You're not good enough. You're not capable enough. You, you can't do that. Why would you even think you could do that? So what are some recommendations to challenge Linda and put Linda back on the shelf? Great. So, you know, I, I kind of put it into this category because people are not really quite sure how to advise people on the inner critic. I think as coaches and mentors, that's the biggest struggle. And I'd even add this as parents, as teachers, as friends, think about that when we're working with someone and we we're pretty clear that, oh, you know, Kelly's inner critic is really coming out right now. Um, we make the mistake of trying to tell somebody, 
oh no, you're so good at that. Oh, you know, kind of lessen the inner critic for them or even argue with the inner critic. So neither one of those seems to work. Now, I love what Regina said, like, we kind of have to let it come out and let it come to the surface a little bit to learn about it. Like what, who's, whose voice is this anyway? That's one thing that I always ask myself going, who said that to me that that all of a sudden became. So I think that if you're working with your own inner critic, you can be doing something like that. Like, hey, whose voice is this? Where did I hear this the very first time? Um, and again, it's that ruminating voice. It's not necessarily a reaction voice, Kelly, so much. Like, I'm having a reaction to feedback. It's that ruminating voice that you know comes up. Um, sometimes I think it comes up for people when they're feeling insecure or anxious, maybe. And that is where the inner critic can really um, creep in. Because again, saying going back to what Regina said, it is linked to the survival part of our brain. It's, it is directly connected there to say, um, it's, it is trying to keep you safe. So there's an important something for you in the message that the inner critic is giving. I like to think about it as keep your inner critic over here or, you know, over here and keep you over here. So the word I like to use it uses, how do you disempower the inner critic? And you do oh, I that, like that, you know, you do that by like, you know, naming it, accepting it, noticing it, like here it comes right now. I hear it coming. Okay. You know, let me hear what it has to say. Okay. It's got this to say. And one of the things I work with clients on is going, okay, so, you know, whose voice is it? What do you notice about it? I'll feed it back. I'll say something like, all right, I'm I'm seeing I'm hearing a little self doubt creep in. Tell me about that, right? So they can go, oh yeah, that's my inner critic come in, coming in. Um, I, I, I again embrace have someone embrace it to say I want to hear the message it's giving me, but I want the inner critic to know that it's not going to run the show today. It's not going to be the decision maker today. I'm the decision maker today. So. Um, getting used to yourself saying, oh, this is what my inner critic is telling me, but this is what I think. And that's two different things. This is what the inner critic is saying to me today. This is what I'm saying to me today. So thinking about that. There's a component in um, the whole emotional intelligence um, world about current reality. And that's one of the the, um, I guess, tools you could say um, that we also work with to help clients kind of go like, how big of a deal is it really? So how do we start to help clients engage in a, um, and participants and whoever we might be dealing with, my husband, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> other, all the, the people in our lives, like how big of a deal is it anyway? Um, will it matter in, in five, you know, five days, will it matter in a week? Will it matter in a year? Um, and Claire didn't say this word, but we, we just taught a, a resiliency class for coaches. And, um, one of the tools that we used is this uh, notion of befriending your inner critic. And this is a, it's a bit of a different twist on things. It's how can I be nice to my inner critic? You know, that person, that, that 
inside of me, that subpersonality probably hasn't gotten any attention in a long time, except negative self-talk back. So how do we really tune in and how do we listen and be friends? The, the word embrace, Claire used acceptance, really cool. Um, and the techniques of meditation and mindfulness and journaling, all of this, the tools that we talk about in the world of resilience and, that help us. And as you know, where we work, how, what an important topic that is in the realm of leadership and, um, and the missions that we're all focused on. So uh, this, this piece on befriending and and saying, hey, it's okay, it's going to be okay, even if we're talking to talking to our inner critics, hey, you know, it's not that big of a deal, it's going to be okay. We're, we also just bought this book um, called Chatter, and um, he, it's the voice in our head, why it matters and how to harness it. So he's got a lot of ideas in here about how to work with the uh, work with our inner critics and the inner voices and um, make them not seem so overwhelming because those overwhelming that overwhelming nature of the inner critic can take us out, can take us down. So, Regina, you just made me when you're talking about owning it and um, accepting it and that self-talk. So it's kind of like flipping the script instead of letting the inner critic say you can't do that or you're not capable. Flip it to I'm doing the best that I can with what I have. Is that along the lines of what you're saying, flipping the, flipping the script of that inner conversation instead of letting Linda tell me I can't do it or I'm no good. Tell Linda, I'm doing the best that I can and I'm going to get there. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so I love this. So Kelly's having a convo with Linda and saying, Hey, what is going on? Why do you keep doing this to me? <laughs> like, but, you know, what's, what's happening? What am I not doing? I'm really trying. I'm really trying. But what you keep coming at me, you keep coming with that intensity or with that voice and it gets louder. So what, am, what are you not getting or what might quiet you down? So this, it's a curiosity. We become an inner coach, an inner mentor. And, and, and it's always fascinating to listen and that probably happens through writing and through me some type of a guided meditation or in some type of conversation with someone you feel safe with, I would say. Yeah. So I just, I want to just weigh in and add uh, quickly though, um, because I'm reflecting on what you're both saying. And one of the things that I do think is really hard is to just try to convince your inner critic of something, Kelly. So I think we should be aware of not, our, you know, saying to Linda, no, I can do it, Linda. I think it's saying, Linda, what are you trying to say to me? What are you trying to keep me safe? We, you know, you're, you're really trying to understand that because if you just do it volitionally, like, oh, like a New Year's resolution, I'm just going to get rid of my inner critic. The next time you're faced with something like that, you'll go back to, right? Because it's a fear response almost. So unless you get to the heart of the matter, the next time something comes up, that inner critic is still going to be there. So I think we, you know, there's not a lot of research that supports that we can convince our inner critic as much as we have to be hearing it, understanding it, 
going, okay, you know, now I'm going to, now I'm going to move, move from it. So I want to go back and touch on something that Regina said a couple of minutes ago, like some tools or techniques. You said meditation, you said mindfulness, and you said journaling. So if you could give us um, either Regina or Claire mm-hmm. an example of what we could do and our listeners could do, just one example in each of those categories, because like meditation or like mindfulness and journaling, I'm kind of like, well, I'm not really sure. I might have an idea, but I'm not really sure how I could use that in order to overcome or challenge my inner critic. I'll just take it um, on the the meditation side because that is a, um, and, and maybe that it might not even actually be meditation, but it's just some time that you give yourself and some quiet time so that you can say, hey, I want to have a conversation with you. So you conjure up Linda and you say, okay, Linda, it, it, this is, and this is all actively going on in your head. All right. You say this, we just want to chat for 10 minutes. <laughs> this is all going on. You're probably not even saying it out loud, but you bring Linda out and then you start to ask some questions and, you know, have a dialogue. It, and that, that is a practice. It's called voice dialogue. Um, but you can spend a little time being curious. And I think that's really be, becomes the point, especially um, when you are, you just had an incident with your inner critic. So I used to have them a lot in my early career. I used to um, be in a room, I'd be facilitating something, I'd say something wrong or incorrectly, or it didn't come out the way I wanted it to. And I would go into a rumination. Oh my, that happens to me. Yeah. It took me out of that moment, right? And my partner had to say... You can't, you can't keep doing this because now it's going, it's affecting your performance. (laughs) So you gotta, you gotta really handle this. And that was one of the things I really had to spend some time with and and explore and dig into that and say, what is going, what's going on here? Why is this happening? And I did, I was able to get some answers. Um, and it can get a little personal and it can get a little like, wow, you may be digging into some territory that is, um, you know, uncertain or uncomfortable. And it conjures up, we get to know what we need to know in the moment. So whatever is coming up is a good thing. All right. Um, to go back with uh, what Regina was just saying. So I was taking it and and trying to take it to my experience. So maybe not after the fact something happens um, where you have a faux pas. I mean, I've done that where I'm like, oh my God, why did I just say that? I'm so stupid. They're going to see right through me. And then, yeah, I've let it like kind of take me out of the moment. And then I'm kind of like, wait a minute, what was I talking about? What is, what am I teaching here? But also I was trying to relate it and say, well, what about beforehand? Because I could do the same class 50 times and 25 out of the 50 be like "Mm, a little nervous. And then 25 right before the class starts, I start getting anxious. I start getting excited. I, I actually have a voice in my head. That's like, 
don't screw up. Don't do this. Don't do that. You need to blah, blah, blah. And I'm already psyching myself out where, and I'm like, so I'm, I'm wondering if I could take what Regina just shared and, and, and do the opposite and maybe try to have a, a preemptive conversation with that inner critic. Like, no, you got this girl. You're strong. You know, the material you're going to go in there. You're going to kick ass today. Everyone's going to love the class. And instead of as soon as those negative thoughts start to enter or my, I'm going to call her Betty, right? My inner voice is going to be Betty, right? Because sometimes she's, what is she going to be? She's going to be a bit bitchy. So she's going to be bitchy Betty to me and coming in and, and telling me blah, 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 blah. But if I can attack Betty first and say, nope, this is how I'm going to do it. I mean, would that be a way to 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 get into it also? Well, I'll just say one thing about that. And I know I want to um, get Claire's input on this as well. Um, I would say as long as you have a relationship already with Betty, then you can invite Betty. Betty, we're going today into this class. You know <laughs> I know this stuff. I'm going to be awesome. You're going to be rooting me on. So it's a, you know, it becomes that kind. You've got to have the conversation with Betty right. and we're going in there as partners in a way. I don't have to manage you. I don't have to harness you. I don't have to fight with you. Let's go together. So that's how I would, I would in, um, encourage that kind of conversation with your inner critic. Yeah, great. I fully agree with that. I, I, you know, I think we were, I was getting a little nervous when I was hearing, I just have to give myself a pep talk. Cause that's what I was alluding to before. It's it, if you do that and you're able to get yourself in the room, just know that you're not quieting the inner critic over time. So to me, Sarah, I, I'd want to see you have conversation with yourself that just said, Hey, here comes Betty. All right. I know Betty always says these things to me. And you know what, Betty, thanks for all that. I know that you're just trying to keep me safe right now. And I'm choosing to take a deep breath and not, and you know, I hear what advice you're giving me, right? I get it. And I'm going to go in and kick butt today. So I think that there's something about that. And for that reason, in some of this befriending of the inner critic, I actually have people, clients, I've had them write letters to their inner critics, mm. right? Like, it's like, write the letter to your inner critic that just says, thank you for the care and appreciation that you show me. Remember, your inner critic, if we really think about this, trying to keep me safe. Um, they have good intentions for you, even though it comes up in such a negative, like disruptive kind of way. Um, so, but ultimately deciding that the power lies with you to say, here's what I'm taking from what you're giving me. But again, I go back to, but I'm not going to let you debilitate me today, run the show. So, um, Claire, I love that. I love the delineation between keeping me safe and trying to hurt me because I think that our inner critic, my Linda, is getting a bad rap right now that she's trying to hurt me saying, you're stupid, you're not capable, you can't do it and tear me down. Where really the way you described it, and I totally appreciate that, is recognizing I know you're trying to keep me safe. I appreciate it and thank you. I'm now ready to go on with what it is, this really hard thing I'm trying to do or this thing that I may have a little fear about doing. Now I'm ready. 
Thanks, Linda. You really set me up for success. I love that. Thank you so much. Great. So this G- glad that could be helpful because that I oh, sort I'm of sorry. Like, Go ahead. Oh no! Like I feel <laughs> like in a way I I work with my inner critic like that, and I also have learned this whole thing about when do I need to be doing critical thinking versus like. But usually my inner critic is telling me something about that. Going, you're not ready right? Uh, Or I'll start to get really spun up, like, oh, I'm really nervous about delivering something, or I'm really nervous about, and then I'll say, oh, yeah, my inner critic is reminding me that I have got to pay attention to this, this, and this. So if I can turn it into something productive, it doesn't become debilitating for me. My uh, my inner critic in my Regina years, in my younger years, (laughs) my Regina years, I'll call them, um, when we worked together and we delivered a lot of training, I used to drive my husband crazy. I would, if I had to deliver like a leadership skills class and I knew I was waking up the next morning to do that super early, I couldn't sleep at night. I would be like, I'm going to be terrible. I'm going to be a failure. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that. He was finally like, and it, you know, the end of the day I would come home and he'd say, how did it go? I'm like, oh, it was great. And he's like, then okay, he's like, that voice inside your head might not be driving you crazy, but it's driving me crazy. So (laughs) think about that. The people in our lives will see our Mm -hmm. inner critic. And the other thing that I like to do with my coaches is I'll say, what advice would Mm -hmm. you give your friend who was struggling with that? Because Usually you wouldn't talk to a friend the way your inner critic talks to you. I actually just posted something that so it's about like, that this and week. Then I go. And I just actually started doing that with myself in yeah. terms of so Betty at work, I understand it's just trying to protect Sarah. So the Betty at home, Betty the critic, bitchy Betty, whatever. Most of the time I just would call her Sarah, right? I refer to myself as third person, but the inner critic that shows up most for me is really with body image. And my most recent experience with that was a little over a month ago, um, trying on some work clothes that I haven't worn in a really long time, right? Because we're working from home. And oh my goodness, the inner critic just really came out. She just was like nasty, um, doing some some really big self-doubt, putting some self you know, loathing ideas in my head, doing a lot of trash talking. But I can honestly say for the first time in a really long time, I, I stopped myself and I did think resonating back to what you just said, Claire, is would I say these things to someone I cared about? Would I allow someone that I cared about to say these things about themselves? And I was like, absolutely not. So why am I doing this or, or, um, saying this to myself? Why am I allowing my inner self to do this? Great. I love that, Sarah. It is a way of us like just kind of moving ourselves out of that so that inner critic doesn't become debilitating. I, you know, I'm so surprised at how many people suffer from the inner critic, right? I mean, I guess in some respects we all do. But, you know, there's a lot of women that I know uh, that I would look at and say, oh, they couldn't possibly have an inner critic. 
Like they're so successful. They're so put together. And then as I get to know them, I learn this about them. And they're, you know, I love it when people are so open about it. Like, oh my God, yeah, I have that voice inside my head all the time. You know, this is what it says. It's terrible. Um, so it's, it's interesting to see that. In fact, I was with my friends yesterday and I told them I'd do a shout out to them. Of course. Can I do a shout out? <laughs> Can I do a shout sure. out? Do yeah. a shout out. <laughs> um, we call ourselves the Severna Park Varsity um, Bike Team. We're a bike team of women. You know, I know I'm pretty sure we're all, all over 40. Maybe we're even all over 50. But we're the, we're the ones who um, were able to kind of overcome that inner critic of, I couldn't possibly ride a bike <laughs> over 50. I, I, you know, we do have some women that we've invited to join. We really want them to join. And they're like, oh, no, I, I have to practice first. I don't want to look stupid on my bike, right? But we've got four, and um, we had a new member join yesterday, and she described us as the go-getters. So we love that. But even yesterday, sitting, we were having, you know, we have pizza team building lunches, and I told him, I said, you know, I'm going to do a podcast on the inner critic. And one of the women just piped right up and she said, oh, yeah, I have that all the time. She goes, I can't tell you how many times yesterday I told myself I was such an idiot. And I, I'm like, and I look at her and go, you are like the most amazing person <laughs> and you've got the inner critic. So I, I think that if we all, and we always, Regina and I say inclusive and human always, like just understand that everybody has something like this going on. And just to, you know, kind of bring that back, it gets in the way of our authenticity. We can't be real when we're battling with those voices. And sometimes it even helps. And, you know, in that book I just mentioned, he did say a few things um, that I liked. And one of them is sometimes you need to say your own name. Interesting. Say your own name. And that might have been a time in that dressing room or wherever when we are really, when we get really, really down and it's okay, Regina, stop. Right? Mm -hmm. Right. And because that is a grant, that becomes a grounding moment, a pivotal moment for for us. And, um, and that can help us kind of see the reality that we're in. And it's really maybe not a reality, but it's a reality that we, we think we're in. So how do we get back to our, our Great. authentic selves? Great. And just um, a quick add to that. And again, Sarah, I'm going back to what you were describing, because I think sometimes our inner critic can paralyze us right? Like it, it can make you like, you know, inactive. In fact, this is, this is popping for me right now too. The research I read on inner critic is both men and women have them equally, yeah. right? We would, we would almost think like, oh no, women have it more than men. Um, actually what it points to is women, um, women's inner critic comes up more around tasks that are ma masculine in nature or perceived to be tasks that men would do. And that could be things in the workplace, like, you know, going to do, to a meeting or making a decision, like women will get more inner critic around that. Um, men will get more of their inner critic speaking to things that were more feminine in nature. So like communication and, you know, just chatting with somebody. 
but it's interesting. Both men and women have them at the same like percentage, if you will. So I thought that was an, just an interesting thing. Um, and yet women um, will be in a free fight uh, in a freeze mode around inner critic and men may tend to address their inner critic more in a fight mode. So women will freeze and flee, but men will fight, which I also thought was interesting. Um, but if you, I was thinking about breathing, Sarah, which is what was making me like you were saying, what do I do when I'm kind of like that mm-hmm. breathing, which is, could be part of, you know, could be in there with meditation. If you wanted to really think about it that way, um, can help you slow down some of that anxiety, right? And there's a, there's just a six, four, eight rhythmic breathing that I also encourage a lot of my coaching clients to do. Like if you're starting to feel that, how do you breathe in for six, hold for four, uh, release for eight. I think it's called like six, four, eight breathing, some, or four, seven, eight breathing in for four, hold for seven, exhale for eight. And, uh, so much of those, the breathing research uh, it just can help you with so many things. That's funny because um, sometimes when I am facilitating, there will be five sticky notes in front of me, especially doing stuff virtually. And they all say, breathe, breathe, relax, breathe, relax. And sometimes I even have, you're excited to be here. You're not nervous. You're excited. <laughs> so I'm like... <laughs> but I'll practice Great. that. <laughs> so whatever it takes. I'm a weirdo. <laughs> Love it. This, not, not even the sticky note methodology. All right. So rounding this awesome. out, ladies, this is such a great conversation. I feel like we could keep it going for a long time. So rounding it out. Um, we're curious. We'd love both of you to answer this for us. If you were mentoring someone that is struggling with their inner critic, what is one piece of advice you would tell them? If I had to tell a person one thing to do with their inner critic is to get to know that inner critic and to not be afraid of the inner critic and to begin to learn from the inner critic. Great. And I think my advice would be similar. It'd be like, hear the inner critic, make sure you're understanding where it's coming from, what it's trying to protect you from. And then I love that that just feeling of saying, thanks for your advice. Not going to take it today. Here's the part that's valuable to me. And I'm able to move on. Um, so don't let it run the show. And one thing that came to mind after hearing you both say that, would it make sense, you know, critic can have a negative connotation. Would it make sense to change the terminology to call it my inner guidance? based on what you said about my, um, this inner Linda protecting me, trying to keep me safe, trying to set me up for success. So instead of calling her my critic, call her my guidance or my guide. Kelly always, Kelly trying to put a positive spin that. on everything. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm like, no, Kelly, the world isn't all puppy. No, I'm just kidding. No, that's actually a really good question. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's a great, I mean, you know, if we, uh, if we say that people name their critics, then I think you get to name it mm-hmm. like my guide on the side. Oh God. That's I love that. Here my guide, guide on, on the side. side. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> my guide on the side well, said. My guide on the side said, you need no. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. All right. 
Well, again, you know, my my mother will never listen to the podcast, but just in case she did, I'd say the one inner critic from my childhood that I have is always about my hair, right? My mother, from the top, I don't even know, but it's definitely a voice inside my head that says, what are you doing with that hair today? What are you doing with that hair today? And uh, that is one where I look at my hair, like I said, and I go, hey, you know what? Thank you for keeping me safe from looking really bad. That's but it's so just funny because I can hear today, my grandmother so. saying growing up, you're wearing that? Like that would be mine always like it makes me second guess, you know, and ask my partner, how do I look in this? Does this look okay? Because yeah, I'm always hearing that. You're going to wear that? Yeah. We learn it. We learn, we learn that. It. We learn, we learn our inner mm-hmm. critic. We've heard it before. We've heard it before. So um, we know that there are things we can do and it's a beautiful thing when we, when we do it, it increases our awareness. It brings us back to feeling empowered. We used that word earlier. It makes us clear about our choices and that we can move with more freedom. So there's a lot of pluses for paying attention and working with the inner critic. Thank you, ladies. Thank you, Regina and Clara. This has been a wonderful conversation. Lots of good nuggets out there that you guys have talked, tools, tricks, techniques, naming it, our, what is it, guide on the side now. Um, I'll probably hear that for the next several (laughs) weeks from my partner here. But thank you so much. Um, So thank you guys for listening As always, we are so appreciative of you and especially for being a part of our Work BFF Mentoring Tribe. And our movement grows through you listening to our show, but also for all of us showing up and supporting other women through our mentorship and friendship. From your Work BFF mentors, be safe, be positive, and tune in next week.